666, but I see it changed it. Ah. I didn't realize there was a meal today. Oh, oh sure.
Happy New Year's Eve day. Our first hymn this morning will be number 91 out of the blue Peace on Earth book. And this hymn will be sung to the tune of God of Grace and God of Glory. Jesus came, the heavens adoring, came with peace from realms <coughs> on high. Jesus came for man's redemption, lowly came on earth to die. service in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our scripture reading is found in Psalm 148 and we'll read it in its entirety. That's Psalm 148 and we read in Jesus name. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him all his angels. Praise ye him all his hosts. Praise ye him sun and moon. Praise him all ye stars of light. 
Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapors, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl. Kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent, his glory is above the earth and heavens. He also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Let us bow our heads in a word of prayer. Almighty God, we come before you doing as the psalmist has said, praising you. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would bless our time here together, that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive your word, and that you would bless our fellowship. We pray for those who are unable to be here with us this morning, those who are confined to hospitals, homes, or nursing homes. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you would deliver your word to them. We pray for those who are ailing or sick or facing tough situations. We ask, Lord, that you would be with Jamie Aho, Andy Thunberg, El Hapasari, Lois Weary, Deb Mersu, Don and Bev Hagel, Linda Robin, Steve Salo, Evan Candle, Barb Lund, Janet Blickenstaff, Deb Thunberg, Dean Welter, Tom Thunberg, Ron Wallace, Ames and Jacqueline Bruin, Eugene Koskala, Doretta Olson, Don and Vi Salo, and Mark Bitterman. We ask, O oh Lord, that with all of these people and all of these situations, you would make your presence known in their lives, that you would bring help to their situations and circumstance. We also pray for those who mourn the loss of loved ones. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would be with the family and friends of Lucas Salguero, that you would give them the grace to cast all their cares on you as you care for them. We ask, Lord, also that you would be with the family and friends of Sam Long and uh, the, the, the individual that died over um, in Monaga area that worked for Dakota Paper. I'm not remembering his name, but I know that you know him and you can be with his family and friends during this difficult time. We pray, O oh Lord, also that you would bless our nation, bless our leaders, give them wisdom and guidance. We ask, Lord, that you would be with those who put themselves in harm's way for us, for those who serve in our nation's military and those who serve in our communities as first responders, as police officers, firefighters, EMTs. We ask, Lord, that you would keep those who put themselves in harm's way for us, that you would keep them safe. We pray also, Lord, for those war-torn nations right now in Russia and in Ukraine and in the Middle East, in Israel. We ask, Lord, that you would bring an end to strife and violence and that you would bring peace. Lord, we pray with the hymn writer, bless our foes and cause all eyes to see that peace, O Christ, can only come from thee. We pray for your Lord, as it, your word as it goes forth this morning um, throughout the world. We pray for missionaries. We ask your provision for them. We pray for pastors, too. We pray for the churches around the world. But we, we ask that the name of Jesus would continue to be lifted up, that sinners would be brought to repentance, and that forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name. We pray for our community here in New York Mills, asking your blessing upon it, too. We ask if there, that if there's anyone who's hurting or uh, suffering from abuse or illness, um, 
or oppression, anyone who's in need of help, that you could use us to help them, O oh Lord, that as the scriptures say, we could let our light shine before men and have them see our good works and glorify you. Lord, we commend this service into your fatherly care, asking that you would also hear the silent prayers of our hearts. Praying that in your mercy you would hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now hear us, Lord, as together we pray that most perfect prayer, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. This hymn, um, O Mighty God, will be sung to the tune of How Great Thou Art. of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is found in Luke chapter 2, 
and we'll be reading verse 22 to 40. And we read in the name of Jesus. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, she was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned, unto, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Amen. Let us bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, your word. We pray, sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. In Jesus' name, amen. By my reckoning, today is the sixth day of Christmas. We tend to think of Christmas as being completely over when... Um, January, or sorry, December 26th rolls around. Obviously, it's over by January 26th. And so we pack up our Christmas trees and the celebration is done. But historically, the church has celebrated Christmas for longer. You probably know exactly how many days because of that popular song that still is sung. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge and a pear tree. Now, nobody gets partridges or pear trees for Christmas anymore, but that doesn't mean that we don't still observe that celebration. And it might not be that we give gifts 
every Sunday, but at least in the church, we still definitely do observe this custom. And we observe these days of Christmas for an important reason. The time between Christmas and Epiphany, those 12 days, they symbolize the amount of time that it would have taken the Magi to get to Jesus. The amount of time that it would have taken for Jesus to be revealed to Gentiles. And that's an important thing for us, because unless you're Jewish, then this day of the revealing, or sorry, next Sunday we will celebrate Epiphany, but that day, the day of the revealing of Christ to the Gentiles, is the day that Christ was revealed to our people, to those who are not of Jewish descent, but are children of Abraham by faith, as Paul says in Galatians. And so Christmas isn't over, not yet, so we still get to celebrate it. And hence, that's why we have this music that we've been singing and this text for today. And so what we find is after 40 days after Jesus was born, that's the amount of time prescribed in the law for the days of a woman's purification. Jesus is brought to be presented to the Lord in the temple. And there is a man in the temple named Simeon. And we usually picture him as a very old man. This tradition comes from, I think, the um, ancient church, or um, perhaps it's the nature of his prophecy that the Spirit reveals to him that he will not die until he's seen Jesus, so we expect him to be old. But did you hear an age for Simeon in there? I didn't. It doesn't tell us how old he is. We picture a guy in his 80s or 90s because we've heard people that age say those words before, I am ready to die. I know where I'm going. But it doesn't say how old Simeon is. He could be 25. He could be younger than me. And I'm 35. He could be a very young man. But would his age change the nature of what he has said? It might change the impact that it would have on our ears, but does it change anything about what he has said? No, the Spirit tells him he will not die until he sees Jesus, and when he sees Jesus, he utters these words. Lord, now let us, thy, thou thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Joseph and Mary hear these words and they marvel. And Simeon's not done because then he blesses them. And he says to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce thine own heart also. So we think of Simeon as being an older man who was simply waiting to die. But we realize now that that's not the case, that he was, or that that may not be the case, but the important thing isn't necessarily that he was looking around waiting to die, but that he was waiting for Jesus. And when he saw Jesus, he was ready. He then utters this prophecy to Mary. that a sword would pierce her own heart, that this child is set for the falling and rising again of many. 
Another way we could think of that is division. Some will fall, others will rise at the coming of this child. The traditional interpretation for the sword that would pierce Mary's heart, the one that I think you see most often, is the idea that this woman, this mother, is going to have to see her child suffer and die on the cross. And that that is something that is going to be very hard for her to bear. And that's true. She is going to witness Christ suffer and die, and that will be very hard for anyone to bear. Some know better than others. But I think there might be something else going on here, or at least maybe it's both. When we turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the writer to the Hebrews tells this concerning the word of God. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. (coughs) And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word of God is living, living and powerful, and active, energized. That's what the Greek words convey here. That it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And that it's sharp enough to pierce even between the dividing apart of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see how this imagery kind of overlaps with what Simeon said. That perhaps what also is happening here is not only that Mary is going to see her son suffer and die, but that she is going to be pierced by the word of God. There's also something amazing that you find with both Simeon and Anna here. Both of them recognize Jesus immediately by the Spirit. There's no question as to who this is for them. They see him and they see the Messiah. They see the Savior of the world. They know. Simeon's prophecy seems to deal with division, this idea that his words are going to divide, that they will set families against each other, that that this powerful word which is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword can divide soul and spirit, but also families and people groups. That there are going to be some who believe and some who do not. Some who are going to rise and some who are going to fall. Some who will reject him and some who will repent and believe the gospel. And then we have Anna. And she was married for seven years, but now that she's been widowed, if my math is right, for 84 years. She's a very old woman. We definitely know her age. And she sees Jesus. And she tells, she speaks to all of them that are there that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She speaks of redemption, of buying back. The scripture tells us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Really what you find is that we, in our unbelief, that mankind, apart from God, apart from Christ, are slaves to sin. 
and God has bought us back. The best example of this that you find um, is really our own hearts. In one way, shape, or form, we all have this idea in us, either in our, our despair that we're unworthy to be God's children, and so we look to him as a master, and we look at ourselves as his servants, our slaves. We're unworthy to be his children, but perhaps we can serve him. Or you have the other side of the coin that really comes from pride, where we think of ourselves as his loyal servant. And the best example of this you see in the scripture is the parable of the prodigal son. You have one son who has wasted his life through righteous living, and when he comes to himself, he realizes that even his father's servants are doing better than he is. And so he hatches this plan. I'm going to go back to my dad and I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, make me one of your hired servants. And he's thinking that that will make him better off if he could rejoin his father's household as a slave. And when he gets to his father, his father runs out to meet him. And he starts, to, he starts to say his little plan, his rehearsed speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven in your sight and am, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But he doesn't even get to finish it because his father cuts him off and says to his servants, Quick, put a robe on, his, um, put a robe on him and shoes on his feet and a ring on, a on his finger. For this my son who is dead is alive again. He was lost and is found. Before that younger son can even utter his, his rehearsed speech, he is back. His father receives him. Because he doesn't want slaves, he wants children. And the older son, he approaches the house and he sees music and dancing and he gets really offended. And he doesn't want to go in and join the celebration that was happening because his brother came back. And his dad comes out to talk to him and says, hey son, why, why don't you come in? And he says, Lo, these many years have I served you, and I've never transgressed any of your commandments. Yet you've never given me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. You see, the older son looks at all of his time in his father's house, his whole life, as service, servitude. He looks at himself as a slave. And his father says it was good because you're... you're your brother was lost, but now he is found. Your brother has come home. And so we all have this idea in us that we're some form of slave of God. It's close to us. And God tells us, no, I don't want slaves. I want children. I want sons and daughters. And that's what he makes us. Anna prophesies of redemption. But both Simeon and Anna, there's also something else underpinning their messages. And it's one that is very fitting for this morning. It's a message of joy. Think about Anna, married for seven years. We don't know whether or not she had children but we don't hear anything of them now. She serves God in the temple day and night. She's old, really old. You know, if you were married for seven years and your husband's been dead for 84, that means that, you know, 91 plus however old she was when she got married. You know, you do some math there. Maybe she got married at 15. She's 106. 
She's old, yet she's full of joy. Why? Because her body feels good? Because she's healthy? Because everything has worked out just swimmingly in her life? No. She's full of joy because she's seen the Lord's Christ. She's seen the Savior of the world. Joy goes far beyond simple happiness. Joy comes at knowing your Savior. And the same is true for Simeon. And the same is true for you. In a world where pain and sorrow seem to be magnified, where sin and vice seem to be celebrated, where good people have bad things happen to them, where swords pierce many a mother's heart. Underpinning all of it is the joy of the Lord. The joy that comes with knowing that your sins are forgiven and that even if sad things become your lot in life, God will make all things new. So Simeon talks of division. Prophecy speaks of the dividing of God's word. Anna speaks of redemption, of being purchased back from sin and death, the slavery that we were all ensnared by. But both of them speak of joy. The joy that unto us is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So you can be at peace today, dear Christian, because you may not feel it. It's not happiness. But there is joy in your heart at knowing your Savior. You might not understand it. But there will come a day when you will stand with God. Stand before him and with your Savior. And hear the pronouncement that you have done well. That you have been good and faithful. And understand that that's what true happiness and joy is. A life that wasn't righteous in and of itself, a life that was full of sin, but a life that was made perfect in Christ, and a life that stands before God and, is, and hears those blessed words, Come, ye blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom which has been prepared for you. Amen. Now lift up your head and your hearts and receive the Lord's benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hymn 24, We Three Kings.
announcements for this week. Uh, 7 p.m. tonight, there's a New Year's Eve service with men serving pies. Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. Next Sunday, there's a communion service at 10.30 with potluck lunch. Group A serves. And Sunday school resumes next Sunday at 9.15. A Jamie Aho fundraiser is set for January 28th. It's a Sunday from 11.30 till 2 p.m. There's a sign-up sheet in the fellowship hall for anyone that wants to volunteer to help. Uh, Jamie is a young man that suffered a stroke and I did talk to his wife uh, last week. He has completed two weeks of uh, therapy at Abbott in Golden Valley. He has 10 more weeks of therapy. Uh, lunch is prepared for, prepared for everyone following this last song. And in English, we say Happy New Year. In Finnish, we say Hyvä uutta vuotta. The next hymn is um, number 98 out of the small blue book, He Has Come, the Christ of God, sung to the tune of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. He has come, the Christ of God, left for us his glad Stooping from his throne of bliss to this darksome wilderness. He has come, the Prince of Peace, come to bid our sorrows cease, come to scatter with his light all the shadows of our night. Come to scatter with his light all the shadows of our night. He, the mighty King, has come, making this poor earth his home. Come to bear our sin-sad load, Son of David, Son of Holy 
Oh. 